I am so glad to be back in this place with you. Last week, thank you, some of you were, were at the joint service, and Maria preached a powerful message about dying to the old self and being new in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I just want to keep going with that because I feel that that's exactly where God is leading us. I already at the beginning of this month, at the beginning of this new year, have felt a significant shift personally, in our family, corporately, in our church. I've seen it in, in, in fragments of society. There is a shift where people are choosing to consecrate their lives, to be, you know, I've preached it for three years now, to be all in for Jesus. But this is the year I am filled with expectancy because the Holy Spirit is moving in powerful ways and God is moving. We need to get on board. We can't get in front of him, but we certainly don't want to lag behind. So I want to, to, to talk a bit about dying to old self, and Paul uses this in his scripture a lot. He talks about our not being a slave to sin. In Romans 6, he tells us to count ourselves dead to sin. That's because of thanks be to God, the gift of Jesus Christ, and the power of the cross. We are to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus. So as we live as Christ followers, we're called to be set apart. We're called to speak differently. We're called to behave differently. We are called to think differently in order to be image bearers of Jesus Christ, to allow his light and his love to shine as we are witnesses to the power and the glory of the cross. Do you hear the call? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) We have our fleshly nature. We were born into our flesh nature. But through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we have a spirit nature. And through the power that the Holy Spirit gives us, we are given the power to take control of our sin nature. And that's what this is all about this morning. Sin nature will rule in our hearts if it is not addressed. Let me say that again. Sin nature will rule in our hearts if it is not addressed. We can't get rid of our sin nature, but we can control it through the focus on Christ and Christ crucified. We are being called to turn our eyes upon Jesus, to fix our eyes on our Lord and Savior. We need to be intentional about this. In Romans 6, Paul says, We are no longer slaves to sin because anyone who has died to ourself, to the world, to our fleshly desires, has been freed from sin. We sang about the power and the freedom that God gives us through Jesus Christ our Lord. We need to be choosing intentionally to live a life of freedom by keeping our eyes focused on Jesus Christ our Lord. So I know I've said this before at the beginning of a new year, but this is so much deeper. It is so much more than a New Year's resolution. It is an intentional choice to live as a Christ follower. It is an intentional choice to live each and every day set apart. 
to live, to think, to act, to speak differently. John Wesley, founder of United Methodist, United Methodism, talks about living a life of holiness. That's what we're called to be about, a life of wholeness. It means holy living. It means the sanctification process that comes when we open up to the power of the Holy Spirit and we simply pray, not my will, O Lord, but thine be done. It means that what we sing about completely emptying ourselves, it means consecrating our life to be led under the authority, under the will, the power, and the direction of God versus man. Are you hearing me? This is a huge call on our lives. It is nothing new, but it is, it is deeper and it is more powerful because the church is alive. We are, we are moving obediently because there has been a, a corporate surrender that we can't always do things the same way anymore. We've got to be bold in our faith. We've got to love as Jesus loves. And that looks different. It means that we can't take the easy way out of relationships. It means that we need to have the difficult conversations. It means that we need to, to wrestle with the things that we don't understand. And it means that we need to move forward when God is calling us to move. It also means that we put on the robe of righteousness that Christ Jesus our Lord gives us. That we don't walk around as defeated, uh, unable servants of God. But we claim that robe of righteousness. We claim our freedom. We claim our identity in Jesus Christ. And we move forward with that robe of righteousness. Do you hear the difference? There's victory there. There's power there. When we walk in defeat, when we walk with the weight of the world and the burdens of the world upon us, then we, we're not claiming our freedom. We're not claiming the life of abundance that Jesus shed his blood for. Holiness means that we're going to live in newness of life. It means that things are going to be different because we choose to, to say, I am a Christ follower. And it means that we're going to be setting our minds on things above. And that's where I want to go. I'm going to go to Colossians 3. Take out your phones or your Bibles this morning. I'm going to use the amplified version because it gives us a bit more. But you follow along with the version that you're most used to. Listen. In fact, let me pray. Right now, Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would make these words open within us. Help us to see something we haven't seen. Help us to hear something we haven't heard. Speak to us, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Paul says, therefore, if you've been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, 
Not on the things that are the earth, on the earth, which have only temporal value. For you died to this world, and your new real life is hidden in Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So put to death and deprive of power the evil longings of your earthly body with its sensual, self-centered instincts. The immorality, the impurity, the sinful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is a kind of idolatry. Did you hear that? Because it replaces your devotion to God. Because of these sinful things, the divine wrath of God is coming on the children of disobedience. Those who fail to listen and who have routinely and obstinately disregarded God's precepts. Well, that's me and that's all of us. In these sinful things you also once walked. You hear the old life, the past. You once walked, once walked in those sinful ways when you were habitually living in them without the knowledge of Christ. But now, but now, rid yourselves completely of all of these things. Whew, anger, rage, malice slander, and obscene language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old self with its evil practices, and you have put on the new spiritual self who is being continually renewed in true knowledge in the image of him who created the new self. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, nor between nations, whether barbarian or Scythian, nor in status, whether slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Christ is all and is in all. So believers are equal in Christ without distinction. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm going to ask that you use Colossians 3 for the next few weeks as part of your daily meditation. And allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. There's so much that we could, we could preach several sermons on this. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you where you need to do the work. I've already been convicted with that holy two by four. Set your mind on things above. That means we need to do things differently. Romans 12, 2, you know this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, it says, then you will be able to test and approve God's good and pleasing and perfect will for your life. Setting our minds on things above, in the Amplified Version we just read, keep focused habitually. That means we need to be intentional. We need to, it requires spiritual discipline. It means that we do things differently to choose to be transformed. 
to choose to continue to grow in the knowledge of Christ, to choose to continue to develop that relationship we have with Christ Jesus? Do you hear that it is a choice? Some of you have already made it back to the gym. Some of you are on this 24 or 30 day uh, cleanse to get rid of the toxins in your body. Some of you have made these choices for your physical body. What choices will you be doing, will you be making spiritually? In addition to, to worship, which our lives should be an attitude of worship and of praise. I have four suggestions for you. And these are just, these are pretty simple actually. But yet if you choose to do one or all of them, your life will be different. The first one is this. I know that a lot of you are in the scripture every day. But I have chosen to read the Bible in a year. I haven't done that in years and years and years. Bible Gateway is my app, and I signed up online. I get a daily email reminder with a link that gives me exactly what I want to read. There are several different choices. I've chosen not to read from Genesis to Revelation, but I've chosen to read it chronologically the way it was written, in the order that it was written. Go find an app, find a series of reading the Bible so you develop the discipline to, by the end of the year, read the entire Bible. Some of you have not done that before. Now's the time to start. Secondly, this is a a big deal to me. Many of my colleagues throughout the conference have, have joined together and we've, we were praying for a word or a phrase that would be God's word or phrase for this year. I know a lot of you have already done that. But I spent time at the beginning of this month, and it's not too late, to figure out where God was leading me this year. And I thought, well, I've been saying a lot about surrender, so maybe that's it. I've talked a lot about just embracing the mystery of my faith and thought maybe that was it. But it wasn't until I was studying scripture and Hebrews 11, I think it's verse 8, popped out at me. It says that in faith, Abraham was called to go to a place where he would receive his inheritance. In faith, he obeyed and went without knowing where he was going. My phrase is without knowing. I want you to prayerfully consider, and this is, you know, you just don't choose a random word. You sit in prayer, you walk in prayer, you seek God's guidance and say, where do you want me to go this year? Where do you want me to focus? And then you use that every single day in your prayer life, in your worship life. It is in your face every single day. It helps with our spiritual discipline. Now, some ideas that others chose were courage, confidence, serve, wait, time, resist, transformation, presence, change, uh, time, energy, light, shine, stability. Our bishop, our new Bishop Sue, said her word is intrepid. And it goes from the Latin, in means not, and trepid means alarmed. 
So she's going into this new position as bishop of the United Methodist Church, not alarmed. Do you see how God can reveal to you and to me where we need to give our focus? I know it's a little thing, but if you do it, it can be powerful, powerful. The third thing, join a study or get involved in a Sunday school class or find a group of brothers and sisters in Christ that will encourage you, that will edify you, but also that will hold you accountable. We were not created to do this life as Christ followers by ourselves. And it is time that we build community. You know this. So get online this week. Look at the shepherd this week. Find the Sunday school class. Find a study. Find a group of men or a group of women that that you can talk through your faith with. It's important. That's not just an extra thing. That's how we were created. We were created for community. And finally, the fourth thing is simply we've got to serve We're supposed to be servants of Jesus Christ. Set your mind on things above. In the message version, it says it this way. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. Because that's where the action is. I want to profess to you today that looking up means looking out. It is our responsibility to pray that we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. That we are serving in, in sacrificial ways, following the example of Christ. If we're going to truly do what Jesus asks us to do, then we're going to die to self. We're going to make a commitment to be a servant. Listen to this. Ann Weems is one of my favorite writers, and she says it this way. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, follow me. Follow me and live the way I showed you. Follow me and live the truth I showed you. Follow me and live the life I showed you. The way and the truth and the life he showed us was love. Live the way of love. Live the truth of love and live the life of love. I heard a woman say all we have to do is love Jesus and love one another. Oh yes, that's all we have to do. Living love is complicated, painstaking. It's a patient path. It's an all the time, every time, watch where you're going path. Living love means patience with those who don't care about living love. Living love means watching our words as well as our actions. Living love means treating others the way we want to be treated. Living love means not hitting back. It means loving our enemies. It means loving those who speak all manner of evil against us. These things are just the beginnings of living love. Living love means forgiving. Living love means there's no room for self-righteousness. Living love means being the people of God together. A community of those who love one another and who love all the other one another's that God created. Living love means trying to understand those who hate. 
Living love means going into all the world and telling God's story. God is love. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, follow me if we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Life abundant is ours. I'm going to call Kevin up. I asked Kevin Wallace to share a bit. He's got, well, he's just got an anointing from the Holy Spirit on his life. And uh, he, he writes powerfully. And I asked him to come on up and share to kind of bring it on home this morning. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> um, I'm a little nervous. And I always get nervous when I stand in front of a crowd. I mean, and, and it's funny because some people will say, you do this all the time. Um, speaking is not something I do all the time. Singing, playing a keyboard is something I do pretty regularly. I've been given uh, about five minutes to, to speak about something I'm very passionate about. And for those of y'all who know me and who know Allison, you know that's a near impossibility. Um, so many things have already been said this morning that, that have, you know, I, I, I want to jump out of my skin because I've been there and I've experienced it. Much like Mark, Mark and Seth Pass, who teach our Financial Peace at University, um, I've been given the privilege of teaching uh, a class called Faith and Fitness, where we do have a certain amount of focus on being better stewards of our, of our physical bodies. But somewhere in the middle of all the sweat, and somewhere in the middle of all the, all the, all the struggle, we get to look at the, the, the parallels between being physically fit and being spiritually fit. And you mentioned the word, you know, numerous times, follow. Uh, one of my, uh, a big part of my testimony is Mark chapter 10, where it says uh, they were on the road going to Jerusalem with, with Jesus leading the way while those who followed were fearful. They were scared to death. A lot of it was because of the unknown. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of that fear was driven from um, maybe a sense of they, that they knew that they were called to a higher purpose. David Platt says, while the wonder of grace is worthy of our attention, if that grace is disconnected from its purpose, the sad result is a self-centered Christianity that bypasses the heart of God. Let me read that again. While the wonder of grace is worthy of our attention, if that grace is disconnected from its purpose, the sad result is a self-centered Christianity that bypasses the heart of God. It's like, it's, it's, I started to say it's like this, but it's absolutely this. It's, it's receiving the most incredible gift and not knowing what to do with it. A couple of rules that we have in the gym is as soon as you walk in the door, you look up on the threshold and it says, check your ego. This is not about you. Yes, we get to, we get to enjoy the, the, the privilege and a, and a huge amount of the benefits 
from following. But this is not about you. There are so many times I walk into the gym and my coach has said, you're going to do this. And I'm like, you're crazy. That's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. But the end result is this. Another rule is listen to you, coach. We'll have plenty of time to talk about the, the whys and the hows and, you know, afterwards. For right now, for this short amount of time, whether it be, whether it be 20 minutes in the gym or whether it be 20 years on this earth, I need you to listen to me. I need you to follow me. That's what he says. Do what I say. And when we get the chance to do this face-to-face in eternity, we've got an eternity to figure out all the hows and whys. Check your ego. Listen to you, coach. Let's pray. Forgive us, Heavenly Father. Forgive us for our self-righteousness, for our control, for our ego, for our arrogance and pride, for all of the ways in which we have put ourselves above you. Forgive us. Free us for the abundant life that you want for all of your children. Oh God, make these ordinary elements become for us extraordinary means of grace. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Jesus Christ so that when we leave this place, we might be witnesses to the glory of the cross. Let us be witnesses of the love of God, the light that comes through Jesus our Lord and the power and the freedom that we have through the Holy Spirit. God, we humble ourselves before you. We ask that through this holy sacrament, you do consecrate our lives. Let us live our lives in a way that would be pleasing to you. Let us follow you, Jesus, Messiah, King of kings, Lord of lords, Prince of peace. Amen.